Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Waiting Warriors, welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast today. I have a great guest for you today. Her name is Cody, and I know we just had, um, when you guys are listening to this, we'll have had another interview two weeks ago with another girl named Cody. They're both not sharing their names because I think everybody understands why we want to stay anonymous sometimes, but this is Cody with a D, the other one's with a T, so just so you guys don't get it mixed up. We're getting all fancy here. So, hi, Cody, and welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So, Cody is a military spouse, and I'll let her kind of explain her situation. Um, If you guys want, before I forget, she is on Instagram, just at Cody is her name. So, like, C-O-D-I-I-S-H-E-R-N-A-M-E. Whoa, I had to focus on how to spell me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it's been a long time since I've been in school. Or since I had to spell. Because I didn't spell in my school. (laughs) Anyways, let's get to it. Why don't you tell us um, what your family situation is um, and where you guys are kind of in the military journey. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, me and my husband have been married for five years next month, so it's kind of exciting. It's kind of been a really long five years, kind of back and forth, lots of deployments and TDYs, and then our children, so that's been crazy. Um, We are in the process of waiting right now, like season of waiting. My husband is getting orders soon, and we don't know what's happening and if that's going to be stateside or overseas or if he's going overseas for a year by himself so I guess we'll just see what happens but that's always exciting to be like hurry up and wait like here's my list but just wait for this so that's where we're at right now so I don't I don't know what's gonna happen we're crossing fingers we're together but I don't know if it's gonna happen or not yeah and then you have two daughters, right? We have two. Yep, we have two daughters. Hadley will be three in February, and Ember just turned one in October. And then we unfortunately did lose a child before Hadley. So that's been kind of like the forefront of some of the things that I've talked about on my blog. Okay. okay. And then, so not only have you lost a baby, and not only has your husband been gone a lot and your military experience has been crazy, but your Hadley and um, Ember. Ember, they have medical problems, right? Hadley does, yes, Hadley. ma'am. So Hadley was born with a tethered spinal cord and she had to have spinal cord surgery when she was 13 months old. And I was pregnant with Ember at the time too. So it was crazy having to hand your you know your 13 month old over to a neurosurgeon and be like please don't hurt her any more than what she is so that was that was very scary and she spent a couple days in the PICU but we were really lucky um she was born 
So how it was is she had a hemangenoma on the outside of her, the base of her spinal cord. And then the inside, there was an internal one as well. And it was connected by a fiber and it was tethering her cord down. So they had to go in there and uh, like actually like sever the connection. So that's what they did when she was 13 months old. And then she had chronic ear infections after that. And then her chronic ear infections were untreated because they don't like to treat ear infections, I guess. So she had two um, complex febrile seizures because of an untreated double ear infection and spent four days in the hospital because they're like, no, she doesn't have an ear infection. And then when they started treating the ear infection, her fevers went away. So we've been kind of like back and forth with all of that. And she's had UTIs and then now she has speech problems because of her ear infections. So it's been, it's been exciting with her. (laughs) You're always on your toes. I am. It's hard, but we deal with it. Right. But you, so you have, from my perspective, (laughs) you have, this big emotional roller coaster that we all go through with right. his husband's job, um, right. not only with his job being what his job is, being in the military, but mm-hmm. also with him being gone a lot and then coming home and then being gone and then coming home. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you said that during a lot of those TDYs, you weren't able to talk a ton. So that adds a whole nother emotional, mental whirlwind roller coaster right. to it right. and then you lost a baby which mm-hmm. is a tornado on its own and yeah. then you have a baby and she has a whole bunch of health problems which even like even just ear infections I feel like when your husband isn't home and then one kid gets an ear infection and then you're sick and it's like you you get sucked into this we're never going to be healthy Right. It's draining. So there's that roller coaster. But but your daughter hasn't even just had ear infections. Like, they've been actual real complications. Yes. And then you had another daughter. Yes. Relatively close. I mean. Yeah. They're 19 and a half months apart. Right. So that's pretty close. Yes. Um, So you have that roller coaster. But then I know all of that kind of spiraled into a big postpartum depression and anxiety journey for you. So when did that, was that with Hadley or not until? So I think that I experienced it a little bit after Hadley. And then I got pregnant really quickly with Ember and we didn't think we were going to because it took forever to get pregnant with Hadley. And then we lost our baby and then we finally got pregnant with Hadley. So we thought it was going to be a lot longer of a process, but it wasn't. So thankfully she's here, but I had a really bad dream when I was six and a half weeks pregnant. So my dream, I got shot in the top of my head, but I was alive in my dream. I didn't die. I was like talking. I was alive and I woke up and when I woke up, I had terrible headaches and I, it was like hormone induced from my pregnancy, but I was convinced that I had a brain tumor and I was dying. And I made my OB give me a brain MRI when I was like 10 and a half weeks pregnant. I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a tumor in there and I'm going to die. And that's why like I'm having these terrible headaches. She's like, Cody, you're crazy. That's not what it is. But, and it wasn't, I don't have a tumor. I didn't have a tumor. 
was just like pregnancy induced headaches. But for some reason, that anxiety struck me at six and a half weeks and it just lingered. And then with Hadley having spinal cord surgery and then we PCS when I was 27 weeks pregnant. And then I started gushing blood at 33 weeks pregnant with Ember and they did not know why. They still don't know why. They think maybe a hidden placental abruption, but they don't know what caused it. So I was in the hospital from 33 to 37 and they induced me right at 37 with Ember. So there was that. And then right after I got home, Hadley started having all these ear infections and then she had her febrile seizures. And I think all that stress combined and my and we knew my husband was deploying from this last April to October. So we I was gonna be alone with the girls for six months. So I think all of that combined, it just kind of like bubbled over the surface and I couldn't control it. And I was just like spiraling basically. My postpartum was terrible and I didn't know like the resources that I could like reach out and get help with I didn't know that so many other women had gone through what I had gone through as well so I think it was hard for me because I was like I can't be like this with two children and my husband is leaving or going on TDYs like I have to be sane for them but I just felt like I was crazy basically because of everything and I think it was just a mix of everything like just like stir the pot a little bit more and see what else can you know (laughs) bubble over and see what happens to this person because she's gonna go crazy right but it's like you you weren't even just gonna be left home with your kids like I I would like you're being left home with a kid who needs help yeah who has yeah you were just in the hospital for three three weeks or four a whole month a whole month before it had ember yes Dang, girl yes so do you, yes so I think that's like that's I think that month is probably what set me farther into like the postpartum then uh-huh. even though like she wasn't here that month but still like and then everything that happened afterwards it was just like I couldn't catch my breath and I couldn't yeah. breathe and I didn't know like how to be okay because it was just one stressor after another after another. Uh-huh. So, did you did you give birth in a military hospital or were you? I didn't. And so I, I'm one of those people, and I just don't like to give birth at military hospitals. So I, I see civilian doctors, and that's who I trust, and that's who has delivered both my babies. And I'm sure military hospitals are great, but for me, it just wasn't an option. Right. I'm just curious, did someone talk to you before you left the hospital? Because they would have known that you had just been um, there for a month. I would assume that they would have known that your daughter had problems. It probably came up that your husband was going to be going away. Did anybody talk to you? Did they give you any resources or anything like that? No. No? No. No. So um, everyone was very well aware that I was in the hospital for a month. I mean, I spent a whole month in the antepartum unit. So um, they treated me super good in labor and delivery because they're like, well, this girl is probably going to pay a crap ton of money, even though, I mean, (laughs) we did, but we didn't. So whatever. But um, yeah, nobody talked to me. And I think it's a lot of Hadley's stuff is with military doctors, minus her neurosurgeon and her hematologist. And well, Never mind. Her ENT is through the military and her pediatrician, but everyone else is civilian. So 
my civilian hospital probably didn't know what was going on with Hadley, but they, like all the nurses knew my husband and knew he was military, knew like a deployment was happening. Cause we literally found out, I think it was like three days before I got induced with Ember. We found out that this deployment was going to happen. So I was like, Oh, okay. So talking to my nurse friends about it, but no, there was no um, resources given to me. And I think that's like, one of the really crappy things because you you're set you want to be a mom and you know you want you want this child and you want to like take care of them but nobody actually follows up to make sure that moms are okay and you have to like physically reach out and I think a lot of my reaching out I'm not like the most like you need to help me and you need to help me right now because like I'm in a dire need like I'm going crazy type thing mm-hmm. mine was like oh I kind of feel this way like that I know this isn't the way I'm supposed to feel like what what are my options and nobody ever gave me any options that's unfortunate so you're you're feeling like you're going crazy you're trying to reach out but then not given any options so what do you do did you just um I did reach out to my OB and she put me on Zoloft about I think I was six weeks postpartum with Ember and the Zoloft made my ears ring like hardcore and I felt like I was going crazier because of the constant ringing in my ears so I stopped taking it and from I stopped taking it it was right before Christmas of last year and stopped taking it. And then I wasn't on anything from the, I guess, Christmas of 2017 to July, 2018. So I kind of suffered through all of that and felt like, like had numerous panic attacks, didn't know who to talk to, didn't know what to do. I didn't, I guess I didn't put the two and two together that it was even postpartum that I was like dealing with. So looking back on it, I should have known, but now, uh, yes, but in that situation, I think you're just like, like something is legitimately the matter with me, but nobody will tell me what's going on with me though. And I think like, even as like a second time mom, you still need help. You still need somebody to be like, Hey, like here's all the warning signs and you are hitting every single one of these plus like 20,000 more. Like you need, you need help probably. And I wasn't nobody ever told me that so I don't know and I suffered so you suffered until July trying to your best just to cope and get through it and then what happened I had a terrible panic attack with both my children so my ears started tingling my face started tingling I couldn't see straight all my fingers and my toes were tingling I my chest was hurting I felt like I was like literally having a heart attack like it was the worst panic attack that I've ever had in my whole entire life and I ended up me in the emergency room. We were in Florida, actually, and they they sent psych in and asked me all these questions. Where like, and they're like, "Well, you definitely have anxiety and depression, all brought on by postpartum." But it took, you know, Ember was what nine months old before somebody actually was like, "Okay, this girl actually does have postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, and how can we help her?" But it took me having a terrible panic attack with both my children seeing it in order for somebody to like sit down and want to help me okay so what would you say to somebody who is in the thick of it and not 
not being asked the questions that maybe they should, what would you suggest to them to do for themselves? Because I'm assuming you wouldn't suggest that they just wait around until somebody no. approaches them. No, um, I wish I would have been more assertive about like what was going on with me and like the constant like panic attacks. Like I'm not talking like one or two or three a day. I'm talking probably like six, seven, eight, nine, ten panic attacks a day and constantly like being in tears and that mom guilt that we always have, but it was like like magnified by like 20 and I like I couldn't do the things that I like to do I couldn't make friends I couldn't talk to people normally like getting in the car and driving was giving me anxiety like seeing a commercial of like a dog outside I would cry about or like a baby crying or something like that so I if I could tell anybody anything I would say you have to be assertive and you have to tell them like what exactly what's going on because we all like to sugarcoat things and we all like to pretend like we're better than what we actually are but like when you're dealing with postpartum it's not something that you can sugarcoat you can't be like oh I'm fine like don't worry about me I'll like I'll get through this I'll get better and some people do get better that way but there's other people who are like me and you don't get better you need the medication or you need to talk to a therapist in order to get these feelings out and make it so you are better so I think you need to surround yourself with friends and family for one you need like that village you need the tribe you need support from everybody and if those people know what you're going through and they can like reach out to you and talk to you and text you and call you and be like hey are you doing okay do you need anything that's where I would start. I would start with that. And then you need to call your doctor and you need to get an appointment and you need to tell them exactly what is going on because sugarcoating things and just sitting on it, unfortunately, does not make things better. Yeah. So why do you think that you you did sugarcoat it and you did that you weren't as assertive? I like to pretend that everything is perfect all the time and that our life is together and our life was just, I think, imploding around me and everything was happening at the same exact time that I couldn't get control of like what was happening with Hadley, her seizures. Like I couldn't stop that. I couldn't control that. And then Jeremiah deploying and then Ember having RSV and being in the hospital and just so many medical things and then military things I I wanted to control everything and I felt like if I didn't tell anybody what was going on with me like I had a I had control over that and I didn't have control over it like I was my I literally felt like my brain was going to explode sometimes and I think that's why I just want to control over something and I didn't have control over anything so I was trying to control myself but I was still spiraling. Right. That's just like I I wish that the medical system or whatever healthcare system was more perfect and I know some hospitals are better at it than the other, but I I wish it was just everybody was more aware of this, but I'm really appreciative for you talking about it I know you're very very open on Instagram and your blog about what happened because you don't want it to happen right exactly yes but um okay so now you're not out of it it's only been 
a few months, right? Am I following the timeline, right? Yes. Right. So it's only been a few months. It's probably still a struggle. Right. Every day, but days are better. So how, like, what gives you hope on the daily to keep pushing on and to not let yourself sink back? So I think... Starting my vlog has been a very big, like, eye-opener for me and has helped, like, I always tell my mom and all my friends, like, it has been the best unpaid therapy that I've ever given myself just by, like, talking about things and writing about things and people I don't even know, like, messaging me and being like, hey, I feel this way too, but I'm not strong enough to talk about it. Thank you for being strong for me. Mm -hmm. That has giving given me so much like strength I guess and like courage to just like continue to talk about things that not all of us can talk about and I don't even know why I initially started my blog or started talking about like what I talk about it was just on my heart and I kept praying about it honestly and I was like is this something that I should do and I couldn't stop thinking about it so I just did it and jumped in and hoped that I reached at least one person and just helped one person because if I can help one person then that was my initial goal from the beginning and I've gotten so many messages about thank you and that has been great so that has been one of the main things that has helped me to continue on and just looking back at how far I've come from I mean it's January what's today January 4th January 4th compared to July 20th like I'm a totally I feel like I'm totally different I can sometimes I can control my anxiety a lot better than what I was able to do I don't have panic attacks every single day and I can go like you know a good week or even two or three weeks without having a panic attack now and it's they're they're very far and few between and I know the signs I don't I still don't know what triggers my anxiety I don't know what triggers my panic attacks all the time but I am getting better and I'm not so crazy anymore. And I think looking back, my like my daughters have helped me a ton. I just, I need to be strong for them. And like everything Hadley goes through, I need to be strong for her and be present and take her to those appointments, which I was taking her to the appointments before, but like actually like be there and pay attention and know that like she is getting better. And I think that was the part of my anxiety as well. Cause I always thought like Hadley wasn't going to like talk and she wasn't going to do like certain things but she is and she's hitting all her milestones slowly but we're getting there but I think that's a big thing and then my husband just being like okay Cody like you breathe it's gonna be fine I'm here and and when I can talk to you I can talk to you he still works a lot he's home right now he works a lot but he tries to help me so but I think looking back how far I've come since July that's a big deal and then trying to help everybody else and help myself in the process. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, my applause to you. Last question though. Yes. Is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? Oh my gosh. That's such a hard question because I feel like it's so different for all of us. Um, My key to thriving, I think, And this is going to sound so weird because I'm so bad at this right now and I have to get so much better, but I think you need to find like a group of women that you like, you have kids the same age or you 
understand one another or they like similar things like just sitting at the kitchen table and drinking coffee and talking about I don't know the bachelor or something like that like you can connect with other people and they can become your family because you're so far away from your family and you don't have the support you don't have like oh hey mom can you come over and watch my kids today like you need somebody that's going to be there for you and I'm getting better about it slowly I'm kind of like in my shell a lot but I think if you can find people that you can connect with and you can trust and they can love you like you're a part of their family and you can love them a part of your family, I think that is the best key to thriving in a military community. Do you think that's possible to get the same connection and support online? I would say maybe. Okay, personal, like face-to-face conversations, is great but I have met some amazing people like on Instagram and on Facebook and I never thought that you could be like friends with somebody like over the internet like hey how are you doing today I really like your posts like keep keep up the good work but I do I think it's it's very possible but you do have to have human interaction too like just don't limit yourself to a screen you can have those friends but I would still say go go out and make like a human friends in person (laughs) yes you should be able to like touch them not that you have to touch them all the time but like you should be able to exactly yeah exactly and I don't mean that in a like I'm not supportive of online friends I'm very supportive of online friends started the podcast and the Instagram so that that way I mean selfishly I wanted to connect with people and I wanted to provide a way for people to connect with people so that's why I started the podcast so you could tell your story and other people could tell their stories so then we could find each other because I think it's really easy to I think I think you can find the friends that you need physically but sometimes it's hard when you're going through a very specific thing like postpartum depression yes. to find another friend who's going through postpartum depression who's physically there right um, so that's why I'm I'm really grateful that you came on the show to talk about this. So then hopefully there are people who can reach out and even if they are quiet followers or yeah. whatever whatever you listeners need, um, I just hope you can find that in this community that there are people like you and you don't have to suffer in silence. Or if you do want to suffer in silence because some people aren't big talkers, you just don't have to suffer alone. Exactly. Hey, social media is awesome. That's why I'm so thankful for social media because I don't think I would have had the courage to actually talk about what I've talked about in like a face-to-face setting. So I'm glad there's sometimes a computer screen between me and everybody else so I can get my feelings out without like crying and being an emotional mess in front of people. Right. And then when you are ready to do that face-to-face, you'll do that face-to-face with somebody. And that's great. It's like a stepping stone, I feel like. It is. It really is. It's good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, listeners. Again, she is on Instagram. Cody is her name. And is your blog Cody is her name, too? Yes. I I always I'm not, like, technological savvy yet, and I don't know how to make a Facebook. A Facebook. I don't know how to make a website. So I'm on Facebook, too. It's just facebook.com slash Cody is her name. But that Cody is C-O-D-I. If you spell it any other way, you're not going to find me. 
<laughs> and I will link that in the show notes. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Please, if you are struggling, reach out to your doctor. If yes. you need somebody just to see if what you're struggling with is postpartum, reach out to Cody. If it sounds familiar, then you know. Yes, please. Okay, guys. Thank you so much. And all you listeners, you guys have a great day. Bye. Hi guys, I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I know I've been learning so much, so please share with any friends and family you know, whether you know someone who is a waiting warrior, or if you just think one episode can shed some light to friends and family about what you're going through, share. And always remember, we're stronger together and here we can thrive. Until next time, have an awesome day.